Welcome to the Stories We Don't Tell. I'm Stefan. I'm Joey. And I'm Paul. And this is a podcast about storytelling. My wife and I have an ongoing debate about what forms the best comfort food. Is it rice or is it noodles? And before someone suggests a baked good, like a pie or a cookie, that's not what this is about. (laughs) A baked good is a snack, real comfort food is a meal. Now my wife will tell you that the only dish that can really, truly help you when you're hurting has noodles in it. Maybe a big bowl of ramen with slow-cooked pork and a broth that burns the roof of your mouth. Or a plate of bucatini with lemon sauce and red pepper flakes, pad thai with just the right amount of crushed peanuts. This is a story about why she's wrong. (laughs) Because for me, it's always been a bowl of rice, preferably fried, piping hot, and in unhealthy quantities. Now, I have not yet conducted scientific research into the emotionally curative properties of different grain products, but I suspect our disagreement comes from a fundamental difference of philosophy over what purpose comfort food should serve. My wife views comfort food as that thing you eat after you've had a good cry. You've had your release, and now it's time for the healing to begin. But I think comfort food has a role to play earlier in the process. Because what are you supposed to eat when you can't cry? Now, historically, this has not been a problem for me. Uh, Growing up, it was the exact opposite. I cried all the time, and at the smallest things. Other kids made fun of me for it. Teachers got annoyed with it. In fact, all someone had to do was say, don't cry, and that would set me off. I'd be sorry. Adults hated how much it would happen, and the older I got, the more the teachers would tell me things like, you know you can't just cry your way out of problems. Uh, You need to toughen up. Do you think it's okay for a big boy to be crying like that? And I guess at some point it just sort of worked. I just stopped crying. Uh, I didn't think it was that weird. It was pretty much the same for everyone else I knew. If anything, I kind of liked it. It made me less of a target. But all things catch up with you. And in the case of crying, there are certain things we all agree should make you cry. Your own wedding, for instance. Saying goodbye to friends because you've started something new. A cancer diagnosis in someone you love. And this year I had all three. So something started happening to me. For the first time in decades, I would find myself on the subway or in the back of a lecture hall or at home making coffee and my eyes would just get really hot. That was it, nothing else would happen. My eyes would just get hot. I wouldn't cry, and I thought, good, this is commendable. (laughs) But as the weeks passed, I started to get frustrated by it, uh, because this feeling would come up at weird times, uh, like when I was out with friends or at a job interview. And then there was this day when I was waiting to go into an exam, and I overheard two guys talking about the new Thor movie, and one guy called it dumb. And I felt my throat start to tighten up, and I I just hear myself saying, no, you don't understand, he lost his hammer because he's sad. (laughs) And I came around to this idea that I just had to get it out of my system. I I had to have a good cry. And then things would start to feel better. I'd go get my noodles and move on, and then no more crying again. But it just wouldn't happen. Every time I would realize I was about to cry, I would stop instantly. Tears would just dry up. Uh, And by this point, uh, not crying felt bad. This is like a little gross, but bear with me. What it honestly felt like is like I had to pee and could not find a bathroom. (laughs) 
And to cope with it, I developed this ritual. I would go see the school therapist, and I'd talk about how scared I was for my father and what it meant to be graduating later in life and how to balance all that with how excited I was to marry this amazing woman with deeply confused beliefs about spaghetti. <laughs> and my therapist would look at me at a certain point and say, it feels like you really want to cry right now. And it was like my tear ducts had moisture wicking technology. Any tears would just instantly dry up. I'd feel my whole body squeeze shut and I'd leave feeling really unfulfilled. Uh, and at the time, I was trying to save money for the wedding and I was trying to stick to a diet. So naturally, the only thing that made me feel better was a heaping plate of fried rice. Now, I can't say when exactly I developed my affection for this dish, uh, but it was probably in the womb. <laughs> Something primordial in me. Uh, I've never met a plate of fried rice that I don't like, but if I have my choice, I will I always go for a Thai-style fried rice, with basil and fish sauce and green beans and chilies and every grain perfectly crispy and chewy. And so if it ever comes to pass that I am audited by OSAP, I will have a hard time explaining why so much of my money was spent at the Thai Express and the York University Student Center. Because every week I would do this. I'd, I'd go to therapy, talk about my dad's progress, talk about my career fears and about family being assholes and the lead up to the wedding. And I'd come within a breath of crying my therapist would say, why don't you have a cry? And it wouldn't come. And I would go down to the Thai Express and eat a plate of spicy fried rice by myself and feel just a bit better. It was reliable, it was filling, it would comfort me. But eventually this got to be a real problem uh, because it was affecting my mood. I, I, I wasn't studying, I yelled at my dog, Thor wasn't doing it for me anymore. It was awful. So I decided I had to cry and I approached this with scientific precision. I tried getting drunk and crying. I tried staying sober and crying. I listened to old Taylor Swift and the Goo Goo Dolls and the soundtrack to season two of the OC, but, but nothing. <laughs> Go to therapy, not cry, eat some fried rice. I went to other people's weddings. I pictured my own wedding. I took my dad to radiation. Go to therapy, not cry, eat some fried rice. And eventually it got to the point where I knew I had to break out the nuclear option. Now, I have always been susceptible to crying in the last 15 minutes of a movie. Even in the years when my eyes started to dry up, uh, at least for a little while there, I could still wring a tear in a good movie. Or a very bad movie, it really didn't matter. Uh, movies I've cried in include Independence Day, <laughs> Big Daddy, and, and Evan Almighty. That's the sequel to Bruce Almighty. So I thought this had to be a surefire thing, but, but I didn't want to take any chances. So I did my research, and by this point I was listening to Susan Orlean's Cry Babies podcast, which is excellent. People talk about things that make them cry. And there was this one movie that kept coming up again and again. And it was so perfectly apt to the topic of men not being in touch with their own emotions that I was sure this had to work. That movie was Brokeback Mountain, <laughs> which appears as of 2020 to be statistically the saddest movie ever made. So I devised this plan. I was gonna stay up late the night before therapy and watch Brokeback Mountain. Uh, and then I'd go to my therapist's office and I was gonna cry so much it was gonna be a problem. <laughs> she was gonna call people because she'd be worried for my physical well-being. <laughs> so what happens? Uh, I watch the movie, it's as sad as I remember. I do not cry. I go into my therapist's office and I start to tell her about my week. Uh, my dad has lost weight, the scans show the cancer has spread pain medication isn't working, I've had to withdraw from the wedding planning to focus on my family and on exams, and I'm so afraid about what that's doing to my partner, and I just can't see how I'm gonna make this all work with the new job I've accepted. 
And it's around the part where I start to explain that I haven't been sleeping all that well, that I trail off, and my eyes get really hot, and I feel the weight of water on my lower lids. And I try to think so hard about Heath Ledger picking up that shirt. <laughs> and I feel comfortable here. I feel very comfortable with this person. And if it's going to happen, it's going to happen here. But this time, my therapist doesn't say anything. She just looks at me. We both know what we're both thinking, and everything dries up. But this time, as I'm walking across campus, uh, things feel worse than usual. It, it feels like there's too much pressure in my head. And there are certain things about the food court that are standing out to me in new ways, like how cold it is, and how the white tiles and the bright neon lights aren't exactly hiding how dirty it is. And for some reason, the discount dentist offering students a free round of whitening with every cleaning, and the electronic store offering to unlock cell phones are totally empty, but there is a disturbingly long line at the Thai Express. <laughs> and how did they not know I was coming? <laughs> I line up anyway. Uh, I place my order. I get my number, which is 56. And they are now serving 42. And as I'm waiting, I'm feeling so angry with myself that I let this happen, that I, that I can't undo it. And I'm left with this feeling in my stomach. And these thoughts are just going through my head on a loop. And they don't stop until they call 53. And now I'm mostly just excited for my food. And I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do. Like, maybe there's a medical procedure where they can chemically induce crying. And they call 54, and I'm just two orders away. And, and maybe I can switch doctors or therapists or therapies and figure this out. And they call 55, or maybe I'll just stay this way. Maybe this is what I'm like now. And then they call 57. <laughs> And it's as if time stops. I'm outside my body, and I hear myself say, what about the fried rice? And the guy behind the walk says, I didn't get that order. And boom, here we go, because it's like this guy just pulled the ripcord on a parachute in my stomach, and now everything's going wild. And my thoughts are screaming, oh my god, it's, it's going to happen. We're, we're going to do it. But what I say is, and it's loud, and my face is soaking, my beard is wet, my shirt is wet, I can't even talk, right? I just want fried rice, and the rest of the lineup is backing away from me, and the guy at the walk is going, oh no, oh no, no, and I see him throwing rice and carrots into the pan. People are getting up from their tables, and I'm just nonverbal, like, and I guess I want to kind of tell you I'm embarrassed, or I'm sad, or I'm having like realizations about life, but what I am is happy, I am so excited, I'm doing it, I'm crying. And it's feeling, holy shit, this is better than any massage, any drug, anything I've ever felt. And the manager is coming over, and now it's really weird because I'm sobbing, but I have this big smile on my face. And I can tell you that crying as a grown man may just be the most effective customer service strategy that exists. Because it only takes five minutes, and then I get the rice, and I say, thank you. And I carry it through the crowd, and I'm taking ragged cry breaths, and I find an empty half of a table, and then the neighbors get up and leave. <laughs> and the sobbing slows down, and it's replaced with an almost meditative breathing. And the crying itself, as it's winding down, is almost kind of boring. Nothing to be afraid of. Now in that moment, I will have no way of knowing that I will cry when my dad tells me that the treatment is working. And I will cry when I cross the graduation stage. And I will cry when I see my wife on the day of our wedding. But what I do know is that if anyone ever tells you noodles are more comforting than rice, they don't know what they're talking about. Thank you very much.
that is a crazy spike of sound and it is amazing. Paul, that is uh, not an indication to cut, but instead include. That's true. That was a good sound effect right there for you, Paul. Uh, but we have just heard a great story uh, who is talking, Who and, and Paul, you want to talk about a particular thing on this one, so I'm going to throw to you to, to intro it. He's great. I love his just, he's got such a great presence. You know, when he when he's in, you're in the room with him, you can tell just by his voice is that, um, you know, he really knows how to kind of uh, just, he's, he's a great storyteller. And, um, but one, one of the things um, that I really, really enjoyed about the story is that it's like, it's just a, a, a man talking about crying. And it's like, come on, this, like, w- this is all, like, we... I'm not talking about Jake. I'm talking about like the rest of society of like, just, just, it's a thing. Just let's all just uh, embrace this. Well, well, specifically it's a story about how he was sort of shamed out of crying and then found his cry once more. Right. That's sort of the actual story. I haven't cheered privately for someone to get to where they're going, where you think and hope they're going in a story. I think ever like this one this one was incredibly powerful to me where you know like it's weird that you're cheering or rather I was cheering for him to get to a point where he could cry like you're you're cheering which in essence is like trying to embrace happiness so that someone can get to a point where they're so miserably sad that they're crying and and it's so satisfying in the story it really is in the way that it just kind of unfolds and how it happens um which we can talk about yes we've heard the story yes so you've heard the story listener you know what we're talking about is that it's just it it, you know we talked about uh the a reveal in in a previous uh episode and this isn't sort of a reveal because he's talking about it basically from the beginning, but it's like a buildup in a similar kind of way because you're like, oh, well, he's he's going to, this is going to happen, right? Like, this is going to happen. But it's like a fork in the road because you don't know if he's actually going to get there. You know that one option is that he does. And so you're rooting for him mm-hmm. the whole time. And But the other option is that he might not have. And I think that's that's one of the parts that makes the story so powerful is that he actually gets to where he's going and does it delivers it amazingly. Yeah. And I will say that I think he is wrong. Uh, <laughs> uh, not, not in the, in his desire to cry. I think that is actually an important, uh, and about uh, his food choices. Yes. Okay. Unquestionably, you know, like, and I'm no. sorry, Jake, no, if you listen to this really, we're going to, so, no. okay. So sorry, Paul. So you want to talk about men crying, which I appreciate but we are going to fight this out now. You is are one of on you going to end rice? up crying. Oh, 100%. One, literally 100% fried rice. It's one of my favorite things ever. Yeah, but but liking fried rice is not the same as understanding the importance of noodles in a comforting setting. How do you feel about this, Joey? No. I mean, particularly if the noodles are in broth, I don't know how you can find anything more comforting than that. Yeah, you can. It's called fried rice. (laughs) All right. Okay, so... What if it has pineapples? Yeah, yeah. what about pineapples, Paul? What about pineapples? That's fine as long as there's fried rice involved. Get out, I'm Paul. like it's Get all out. it's all good. This it's is your good. house, but it is now being co-opted. It's now our house. It's the house of noodles. We're here. <laughs> okay, let's all everybody relax. Let's all go back into our corners and just remember why we're here. Okay. Fighting about noodles versus rice. To talk about men crying. Oh, 
I got that wrong. Right. Uh, but but I also, honestly, I'm with you, Joey, and I'm glad that we agree, and everyone should agree. But Paul and Jake can can both agree on the other facts. Can I say the last thing that's off topic? Yes. Hopefully. Maybe. Maybe not. I do eat rice more, though, if I'm being honest. Yeah, because it's, it's more comforting. Wow. Okay. All right. So let's go back to the importance of talking about uh, men's emotions. Um, mainly, mainly because, I guess, like... So you wanted to talk about this, I presume, because you feel like we don't enough. This is this accurate? And now we already have beef now about broth. But you know, but how do you feel? I presume that is why you want to talk about this particular subject. Um, well, yeah. I mean, I I, I I think so. I think in generally, uh, generally speaking, that it it I think that's kind of somewhat of a true statement. Is that you're, you know, we're still. I mean, we can talk about like gender norms we can get into all kinds of things here and like for um i i think that's something that is not talked about enough and i there's like there's a lot larger problems um that i think are you know connected to all of these things in different ways i mean obviously i'm not saying that this is the whole thing but i just mean that what what struck me when we were talking about doing this podcast was just yeah it's important that that like why men are taught to not talk about their emotions. That's all I'm trying to. That's basically what I'm trying to say. And I think that's kind of I think that's a pretty fair statement to say in general. Like I will I will I will say that the, it his explanation of growing up was a very similar to my experience growing up. Like I was 100% a crier. Uh, I was 100% the kind of person who everyone knew they could get to, you know, could pick on to the point of, of breaking. And, and then eventually at some point sort of learned to not be like that. And, and there is certainly, you know, I, I, I'm now trying to go back in my head of the last time, like, I felt like I, I was supposed to cry and didn't. And I didn't, I don't know if I, I, I can't exactly remember, but there's, there is, but I do think that sort of experience of being told to not be like that over and over again is common, for sure. And that it, it, it sticks with you. It's very hard to, to get things out of, you know, what, Society tells you you're supposed to be when you're that young. When you're that young, you are very impressionable. Yeah, and I, I, I feel then as you grow up and you're taught um, as as a man to feel certain things and not feel other things, I just feel that that really it creates a, I it could potentially create some really negative, toxic things that happen because you don't know how to express yourself. Like, it's not that complicated. Well, I'm not talking about something that's that complicated, but what I what I always forget is that we are in the, the, the situation where literally, if you just take um, the Stories We Don't Tell event that we do, is that we do two workshops every month where we're literally just talking about our feelings <laughs> and we're asking other people to talk about our feel- about their feelings. That, that that's not a, a an experience of of everybody's and i'm not saying we're special or different or whatever it's just in our experience we are so used to talking about that i forget sometimes that it's like oh yeah this isn't a, a thing that um a lot of people talk about and um when i come across a story like jake's i just it really resonates with me because i just i know the the that 
the struggle that's going on there. Well, yeah, like what it took for him to get there. I mean, that, that was the thing, like in the workshop itself, like just, I mean, it was, it was I, like, I have nothing but positive and exciting things to say about the fact that that even happened. And then to tell that in, in front of a room full of people and, and it's, you know, I'm, I'm wary to say like that it's brave. Cause I also want to say like, at some point, like, I'm glad that we're here. And so, um, you know, but no less that should be mapped and it, it, it's it's brave. We're at a point where it's still brave, and it's so exciting that it happened. And to, to sort of jump off, I feel like where it gets dangerous is is what is considered uh, acceptable male emotion, what is not. Right. The dangerous part is that he could have like society probably wanted him to get angry. Right. Society wanted Jake to to experience the number of different bad things that were happening to him. And the response that society says that you should have is anger. And, you know, that that's doesn't make sense, given that these were things that were, you know, like that's not a useful emotion to have uh, in this particular context. But it also is like but but like you have to then point that at something and then like, it, it, it becomes incredibly toxic very quickly once you start realizing that that's the expectation, right? The expectation here is that it's not, that you're allowed to be angry and you're not allowed to be sad. And that is, that's the danger. Well, yeah, and it's, it's really, it's interesting to note too because I think even though technically his story is about crying, I actually think it's about joy. Like even, even watching him tell the story and like the looks on his face and then talking to him about it after, it's very clear that the getting to crying brought him pure joy. And it's not just that he had fried rice in front of him, Paul, (laughs) but instead that it was, it was actually just so joyous to get to a point where he could express himself emotionally. Well, and that's the that's one of the things that I again I, I love talking about or hearing these kind of stories and seeing somebody um, do them in in such a, a a great way because like okay so we're if we're talking about crying specifically to me what that does is it's 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 almost like a a really larger kind of representation of what you're saying is that then you're not you're not just stopping yourself from crying to me you're cutting off all of your stuff <laughs> so you know and let's call it emotional um, range uh, yeah ex- for sure because like if you use examples that 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 jake used in the story they're all like you said they're a range of things and to me it's like well part of the struggle what w- like just in my own kind of uh you know what resonated with me is like oh i want you to feel all of those things like even like the ones that are not good that you might be a little bit afraid of, you you need that to be able to, you know, have the the ones that are joy to be able to feel those, you need you need to kind of go to all these places. I think that when we post this episode, we should do a little poll. Who what is what is everyone's favorite comfort food? Noodles or rice? Okay, but we're only keeping it to the two, just so we're clear. There's oh. no fill in the blank. No, no, no. Because we no, need no. to so- settle this, like, yeah, once yeah. and for all. No, no, no. It's We're going to settle that, like, 95% of people are going to say rice. 
All right, Team Noodles, you are obviously, you are the larger percentage in this podcast alone. I feel like we have a good head start already, Get, but... Uh, <laughs> now we're fighting over likes. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we're get, we'll get Team Noodle, and then I'll get my Team Rice going on with Jake. We'll, 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 we'll get there. Because actually, no, we're even. You two might be on Team Noodle, but Jake and I are on Team Rice. So it, right now it's equal. He's not in this room right now, Paul. Yeah, but he's on the podcast. So if you enjoyed the show, uh, we apparently have people who do listen to this podcast, is what we are apparently told, but we don't know for sure. So if as a way to tell us, please weigh in on this very important question of Rice v. Noodle so we can solve this debate once and for all. Uh, thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you all real soon. Team Noodle on the way. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Visit storieswedonttell.org and like our Facebook page for more information about our monthly events. And for more stories, check out our book, available anywhere books are sold. This episode of Stories We Don't Tell podcast is brought to you by Arguments. Arguments. Because they bring us together. They really nailed that whole one. <laughs>